Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. Uh, unfortunately, no kid presentable this week. Uh, our man got s- stuck this afternoon with that needle, you know, steroids. Got to get ah. yoked. Got to get yoked. <laughs> got to get you jacked, know, man. If you had told me, I would have thought you meant that sweet lady H. Ah, no. Got to get on that T, huh? The testosterone, you know, a couple different ways. Stefan's coming back yoked. Be ripping phone books and shit. Um, I was thinking the stuck in like what was that movie? Twenty eight days or thirty six days when he got his arm stuck in oh, the rock. That was a that was, <laughs> it was a rough some one. time period, right? That was what the, what the movie was called, like three months or something. <laughs> that was a rough I one. Remember, uh, twenty seven hours, one hundred twenty seven hours. Uh, that's something like some shit. Twenty like twenty seven hours. You would have been like, man, you gave up too quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you, hard to tell time when you're stuck under a rock. Uh, you know, it's um, like has it been three hours or eight days? I don't know. Um. Folks, this past week, a lot happened, but really not a lot happened. There was a bunch of MMA going on. Unequivocally, uh, Bellator put on a better card this weekend than the UFC. Not like it matters, um, because we are where we are in the MMA world. PFL had some controversy. PFL had Miss Kayla Harrison talking that shit after mauling a girl. I really enjoy Kayla Harrison. Just fucking people up. Clarissa Shields is calling her out. Can't grapple. Calling out Olympic judo champion. Brilliant. Um, talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about, um, something happened in the news this week. I'm sure Diego Sanchez was upside down and got hit with the belt. Some guy stole a hat, but you know, what else has new in the world? Wait, what happened? (laughs) The whole Jake Paul stealing. Oh yeah. Jake Jake Paul stole, uh, Floyd Mayweather. We're going to definitively discuss. Was that a work or was that a shoot? We're going to break it down second by second. That was not a work. That was not a work. And you know how, you know how I know it wasn't a work? Uh, I know this as a pseudo black man. There's no way that's a work because he let his hair Floyd out. Mayweather's <laughs> hair looked <laughs> fucked up. All right, my man's shit was frayed. All right, he did not have his uh his allotment of beijing that he dropped on his head because that sh- his shit looked wrecked. By the way, I, I, I like that. I like that Mike watches wrestling now. So when I say things like "Is it a work or a shoot?" motherfucker does a bat an eye. He's like, "Yeah, the whole world is wrestling, baby. We all know." <laughs> I think that all comes down to perspective from Jake's from Jake's perspective. That was a work Yeah. from Floyd. That was a fucking shoot. You know, one dude knew what was going to happen. The other one had no idea. Yeah. At this point, by the way, if you don't watch wrestling, I feel you know what a work and a shoot is at this point. So you should be okay. fake or real. I was listening fake shoots. Real. Side note, I was watching the I was listening to the New Day podcast and Big E was talking about his issues with Handmaiden's Tale. And he was talking about how depressing the last season was. He's like, man. It was so depressing. There was no hope spot or anything to make me think it was going to turn around. Wait, wait. The last season was depressing. I All think so. Seasons are depressing. Well, I don't know. When, I, when he said there was no, when he said there was no hope spot in this Hulu drama, I'm like, man, Biggie been a wrestler too long. Talking about hope spots. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah, we're gonna talk about these events this past week. We're gonna talk about some news this week. Um. Apparently, Scott Coker is baffled that we all think MVP is a can crusher. 
What? All these cans he's crushed. How can we think that? There's a pile of cans behind him. What do you want me <laughs> you to do? You just went to the recycle center and made off what with you, fresh It's not mine. What are you talking about? You know, it's like that Eric Andre meme where he, like, he shoots the guy and says, why would he do that? Or whatever. That's that's what this is. Yep. Um, and we're also going to preview UFC 262, the pay-per-view this weekend. Lost Nate Diaz and Ed, and uh, Leon Edwards. Shame. Just lost Edmund Shabazian and Danson Jack Hermanson, um, which is too bad. We still got a pretty badass main event, though. We got yeah, we got Charles Oliveira. You know, we got Michael Chandler. I listened to Michael Chandler on the Pat McAfee show um, the other day. It's nice to see him. He has some mainstream pub. Um, anyway, let's get into it. Marcus, Marina Rodriguez, Michelle Watterson. Mm-hmm. They put this shit together so quickly that we didn't well, have picks for it last week. Were they even picked on? Like, were they going to fight in this card at all? I don't know, but they I don't know. The they, went, they went five rounds. I know. Um, that's rough. That's tough. Marina wants Joanna at the end of this fight. Do we do? Do you see anything that makes you think, yeah, fucking let's do it? Or is Joanna going to be able to put this away? I mean, I, I think that's a really intriguing fight. This fight was almost all stand up. Um, and uh, Rodriguez won those exchanges. And I think, you know, for Watterson, she, she has a very unique style. You know, she has a great sidekick that can kind of keep people at bay. But this whole fight, she was she was reactive to everything. She was never really on the offensive. So she was just reacting to what, what uh, Rodriguez was doing to her um, until the fourth round. She was able to get her down um, and, and keep her down. And that was a real bright spot for her. You know, I think a lot of the rounds were close, but Rodriguez was just outpacing her, you know, by a good margin. Um, so I think a fight with her and Joanna, you know, on paper is really intriguing because she showed a lot of good stand uh, stand up skills. So her and Joanna, yeah, I, I didn't know she call- she called out that fight, but that makes a lot of sense to me. So well, yeah, this was her we together. This was her first fight at 125 pounds, which makes you know kind of okay. answers the uh, why did we do this at a? I mean, I mean, I mean, Joanna's fight, fight, was Joanna, it at, Joanna's thirty. Was, you it want to was fight at 115. 25. This is with a 25. Right. Okay. Might have been because um, we put, I mean, I don't know when they put this fight together. To yeah, be I, honest, I believe but. the reason why it was at 125 Damn. is because it was on such short notice. Did it, mm. Why did they have to go five rounds? Like, what the fuck yeah, was I, uh, Is it like a main event thing? Like a clause that, like, it no, has you can, to be five? No, Bellator has three round main well, events. Well, yeah, Bellator's, I mean, yeah, I don't Bellator know if it's like a UFC. UFC. I think it's like a UFC clause, right? Because they're going to get paid so much. They're going to get back-end points. I mean, whatever. I don't know. Well, but. I don't know. I mean, none of us can tell you if this fight was even booked beforehand at all, though, so I True. don't know. Um, Michelle loses another one, but um, Mariana is... Marina's got a real trend here of beating the people that you know the UFC likes more than her. Amanda mm-hmm. Rebus, Michelle Watterson. Good way to ingratiate yourself to the UFC. Okay, we should bring Paige Van Zant back for her to beat her. Um, Donald Cerrone got that ass whoop, Mike. Donald Cerrone got... Uh, wrecked um in a in a four minutes 40 seconds by alex morano who i always wonder is this the one that's from team alpha male no it's not never mind um morano coming into this fight off of a loss to anthony pettis just you know what man don made donald Cerrone look old yeah uh lost in about in a minute 20 this is uh five losses in a row for for donald Cerrone. Um, pretty sure it'd be six losses in a row because I think one of his was uh, was overturned. I think against Nico Nico Price. Um, no, that one was a that one was actually a draw. Uh, looking looking at it now. No, it was that um, was a, that was a no contest because Nico. Uh, yeah, got on that ganja. On that ganja, yeah. but you know it's it's a sad state of affairs. Um, we all kind of thought that Cerrone might be pretty done, and by 
maybe. I, I think we were all pretty sure about that, considering how many losses he's had. You know, we held out hope that maybe it was just because, well, look at the caliber of a competition he had fought in. I mean, that four-fight lo- losing streak before it was Tony Ferguson, Gaethje, McGregor, Anthony Pettis. You know, guys that people people lose to. So maybe we held out hope that all right, well. He's not a top echelon guy anymore, but maybe he can, you know, finish the likes of Alex Morono. I think we're right about at the end for Donald Cerrone, and even the UFC has alluded to that with Dana White coming out today and saying that he'll give Cerrone one more fight, and he has to win that fight to stay in the promotion. So, you know, thanks for the memories, kid. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what Donald's up to, what they what they give him in his last fight. Um, there's still a card every week on ESPN. They need people to they need bodies for, and you know people like Donald. So he draws. We'll see what they, yeah. He draws, and uh, he's given us a lot, quite frankly. Um, so I sound like a Diego Sanchez situation too, where you're like, man, anything about this guy's personal life, whatever or whatever he said, but this guy's given us a lot of, a lot of TV, quite frankly, for sure. And entertainment business, this man's got a lot of cage for time. Um. Neil Magny is one win away from tying George St. Pierre's record for most welterweight wins in UFC history. That is the and Neil Magny's the most ho hum welterweight in the world, and I love it. <laughs> He's just out here existing. Um, Jeff Neal talked about having some real fucked up medical issues beforehand. Um, which why'd you fight? We know the answer, money. Um, Neil Magny after the fight said. Um, Cam's he doesn't think Cam's at. He says I'm not taking another fight with Cam's at because it's been booked three times, and I can't keep training for a guy who's not there. Fair three times, um, and then Neil Mag and, and like the most like meek way ever. Ever he's like I don't think Cam's at wants to fight me. It's like okay, man had COVID and almost died, Neil. But sure, let's go with that. Um, yeah, he's about to pack up his stuff and go home. So. Yeah, he's about to go home. Um, but yeah, I get it, man. You spend money every time there's a training camp. You know, you got to absolutely you gotta, everybody. Everybody yeah. got to eat. Your coach isn't going to be like, well, no money for me because you didn't get paid. It's like, I got The coach has got wife and kids. You got to feed we them. We don't you talk know? about it, but there's like there's kind of like I mean, there's obviously a written contract, but there's kind of like this bond between those two fighters. It's like, look, it, I'm going to be there and make weight on this date so we can get fucking paid. And when a dude flakes out on you three times, I mean, whether they're valid or not, it's just like, I don't know if I want to do business with that guy right now. Like, I need, I need someone to be apologize. there and I get a paycheck. Yeah. That's why they always apologize. And if I'm off and I would like to report a lot of times, I hear a guy, I apologize to you for not being there because there's an expectation I was going to be there for you. Um, so, and when a camp, you know, gets started, gets stopped, you spend money. Hell, man, Leon Edwards got us paid for another month of camp, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not, you know, the biggest expense. And a lot of times it's a portion of what they make. Yeah. It's usually they're not paying, you know, they're not paying gym fees and shit. But yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a commitment. It's, it's you know, like 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 a lot of people say, don't fuck with my money, man. And that's that's what it is. You know, like you're contractually obligated to make this date so these two guys can fight, but ultimately get paid, you know, and, and keep that, uh, keep the money flowing, you know, to, to pay the bills that these guys have to pay every month. So it's not easy. And yeah, if someone keeps flaking on you, we know the UFC doesn't always, I mean, sometimes they do when you get screwed over big time, but if there's an injury, they're not paying show money because you were ready to go and your opponent wasn't. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big commitment. So I don't blame them for being like, yeah, you know, what? I'm getting off that, that train, you know, and get someone that's reliable. It makes sense to me. Yep. Um, Gregor Gillespie, the best fisherman in, fisherman in MMA, was back. Um, got a win over Carlos Diego Ferreira in the fight of the night. 
Uh, Carlo showed up five pounds overweight, so his fight of the night money went to Gregor. Mike, genuinely surprised the UFC didn't just pocket the other half of the money. I think there would have been a pretty big uproar if, it, if the UFC just said, ooh, By 50 who? G's, let me put that in my pocket. By who? By who? Who's going to give the uproar? What, what I mean, that's pretty, that would have been pretty egregious. What different, what, I mean, I'm legitimately surprised they didn't. You know what? Um, I'm really happy for Gregor because getting a fight of the night bonus is awesome. Getting your opponent's fight of the night bonus plus, from our, what is it, 30% of his purse? Real nice. That is a very nice payday for yeah. Mr. Gregor. He can get himself a real big old fishing boat. Now. Gregor's got a thousand shares of Endeavor. I'm looking at his Twitter account. A thousand <laughs> shares of Endeavor. All right. Man dropped 25 grand on that first day of that IPO. I think it's around 30 bucks right now. So he's up. He's doing okay. He's up five grand. Not bad. Um, so yeah, this UFC card held together with duct tape, toothpicks, etc. They got it done uh, back next week at the pay-per-view. On Friday, uh, the PFL happened, um, where Fabricio Verdum got fucked. <laughs> um, and uh, Fabricio had um, Henan Ferreira in a triangle choke. I think he was going towards, was it like a triangle armbar at one point, or was it just a triangle choke, Marcus? I thought he was going. Uh, from what I remember, it mostly was a triangle. I don't really see the, the arm get extended. So, I don't think then- that's where the... That the tap came in. Yeah. Play. Oh, then Henan went for the. Uh, they called it the Brazilian tap, uh, <laughs> which is you just give a quick tap. The guy loosens up. You start pounding some more. <laughs> to be honest, when did you guys both see it, Mike? Did you get to see this yeah. fight? Yeah. Um, did you guys notice the tap real time, like so, before? Because bef- I, Bobby told me what happened. I was looking for, it and I was like, I didn't even see it. I was like, what? So <laughs> I, I thought it might have happened. But I didn't I could... notice it's happened real time in in the slow mo and watching oh, yeah. it again. Like I wasn't exactly sure what a Brazilian tap is, but then I noticed what it is. You don't tap repeatedly. What it is is that you give one just good tap. I did two. He did two split. of them though. He had like he had he had like right before he had like a little mini tap and then like a bigger tap. So there was like two taps. And the referee for... was in the wrong position entirely. He was and. Even if I was the referee, it would have that would have been a weird because if you, even in the slow mo, he does a mini tap, he does the big tap, without any hesitation, he then punches and it's like, okay, you, when you tap like you're done. Well, like, I, you're I, like, I thought like I thought there was a tap also because I was just like, how did he just get out of that? I was just like he was that shit was a wrap. He was in a Fabricio triangle. No, he was pounding his face. Yeah, in the whole and then you know, uh, that, they got turned. That's one got, reason why I'm sorry to interrupt, Bobby, but mm. that's one reason why. You shouldn't get mad at people that hold that bitch until the referee literally pulls them no. off for shit at like that. At some point, and we'll talk, we'll probably talk about this later, our, our new podcast idea. We'll watch UFC 1, and you'll see Ois <laughs> Gracie tap out Ken. Ken tapped twice. The referee didn't see it. There's a big kerfuffle. Ken, being a man of honor, as we all know him to be, admitted he tapped. The fight was over. His next fight with, I can't remember the guy's name, the guy that kicked the sumo wrestler in the head. Gerard, uh, uh, Gerard Gordeaux or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh-huh. he tapped on Hoist. He tapped on the referee. <laughs> he was tapping all. He was playing the bongos over there. He, 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 he was like, basically drowning. Is what it looked yeah, like. Hoist did not let go. He's like, okay, I understand now. These fuckers got to go unconscious. <laughs> but, um, but but to this point, um, yeah, he did the tap. He immediately started punching, and I didn't really see Verdum like it. Didn't look like he released it at all. I mean, I have to look at it again to see like if he even like untensed at all 
but I, I, honestly, like Bobby said, um, they were they reversed it to a no contest, which I was kind of surprised. I, I kind of thought it was like, you know what? This is just one of those things. Sometimes you don't see a tap. Sometimes it wasn't really a tap. It's questionable. I mean, for Verdum, it sucks if he let that go or released at all. But at the same time, it looked like he never really let go of the triangle. And he should know, like, you don't stop it until the referee stops it. So I'm kind of surprised they reversed course, but it doesn't seem unfair. Well, it seemed questionable. You shouldn't be doing. I, 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 I think. No, I think no contest was a fair result there. Maybe we're back. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bitter about it. And for Bricio Verdum, the uh, owners of the PFL famously called him the Tom Brady of MMA. Um, okay, what which, does that mean? You uh, some balls just look at just just look at Mike's face. Does he? Uh, uh, does he kiss his children in the mouth as well? Uh, yeah. Is no. Is it, don't talk about how legendary he is. Old man Verdum. Mm, okay, still the okay. Um. So um, I'm really enjoying PFL's. PFL is better, like, production than Bellator. And not that Bellator is bad, but, like, they're doing a really good job over there at PFL. You can see the money behind the program. You can see they got some investors. I'm not sure if you, how much you guys saw, but it looks like a real top-tier setup over there. It's nice to see. It, it's it's an intriguing formula, too, that has been tried in the past. Um, I mean, obviously, they've been doing it for a while. They, they've turned into the PFL for a couple of years now. But it does remind me... You know, maybe a better oiled machine than the IFL, right? Where that was more of like a team base. Because I'm Bobby, and this is I. This is probably the first time I saw any PFL really. They do like a whole point structure, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, quick six. I guess that's a finish yeah. in the first round or something. Yeah. That's interesting, and I think that's a really fun way to invest your audience and the fighters to be like, okay, it's not just about because you know, it, in UFC, it's all about getting a W, right? Whether you get a decision or a quick win, get that W, get your win money climb the ranks that's how you do it you know if you can garner some fans by being exciting that's all the better but having this actual point structure to be like yeah getting a decision is not as impressive as winning in the first round that incentivizes Absolutely. you to go after i think it's really cool i think it's a cool you mechanic know like. or gimmick or whatever you call it so i mean um i something smart um eric bischoff said when he was eric bischoff used to run a competitive wrestling, a wrestling organization in the 90s comp competitor to the wwf at the time where he said the re he said he said my strategy was I can't do what they do because I'm never going to do what they do as well as they do. I need to do something totally different. So that's why he made you know it was a totally different show back then. They made a totally different product with you know any number of rest reasons. Not going to get into the wrestling thing right now, but I like that about PFL because they very much are just like I need we need to do what the UFC doesn't do, and Bellator does that too. With the tournaments, quite frankly, mm -hmm. um, I like the thing where we're like, we're going to do something different because that's the only way it's going to work. You're not going to be there doing the same thing and just being because you're always going to be viewed as lesser than at that point. It's true. Which is fine. You can yep. do that. I mean, LFA or whatever it's called, they're just going to be lesser than the UFC, something like that. And I mean, it's going to be hard for Bellator or PFL not to be viewed that way. But you want to be different. You want to be a, a provide an alternative, not a lesser version of the same thing. So I like that about both these organizations, quite frankly, what they're doing. Um, Kayla Harrison, man. Did anybody watch any of that? I didn't. I should have. Kayla Harrison spent a minute and 20 seconds beating this woman's ass. Mariana Moraes, I didn't have a fucking prayer. Um, said this tournament, afterwards she got on the mic, said this tournament is a coronation. How she runs that cage, and she runs any cage she's in. And I'm just like, God damn, Kayla Harrison. So what I like to hear was this um, her first fight, or she have a couple? Oh, she's got a bunch at this point for the PFL. Okay. I think she won the tournament last year for them. Oh, okay. She I'm um, way behind then. Yeah, but Kayla fights at 155, I think it is, mm. which is not going to happen. 
I mean, you can't even be like, oh, give me Cyborg. Um, with Cyborg, I mean, Cyborg might be thrilled not to cut white. But there isn't really people there. But you know I what? Mean, if she's I, a big enough deal, you can make it happen. I, mean, like I guess I, I guess you got to bring the attention to you. And, you know, if it's at least, you know, good shit talk and a good promo, I'm all for it. But can you really be boasting how great you are when there's like three chicks in your division? Like, I mean, you got your, when you got yourself an Olympic medal and you're fucking people up like this, I, I'm on board. Um, yeah, she's uh, 9-0 and now, I believe. 30 years old. Look, man, with all these women's divisions, you just need somebody to show up and make it, you know, a thing. I mean, how many, you know, BJ Penn showed up, lightweight became a thing, you know? Yeah. More people show up, maybe these weight classes become a thing. You know, I don't know how many 115-pound, 125-pound women there were, but for the longest time, it was just 135. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that that is kind of the rub, though, is that in the lower weight divisions, you still have a a wide range of athletes of, of you know smaller guys that fit that that range. I think what's tougher with the women's division is just like the pool of you know women that are interested in combat sports and going into MMA is smaller, and then you get even smaller when you go up into those higher weight classics. I think, I mean, I don't know what the average height and weight of a woman is or a uh, female athlete is. I think 155, you kind of it's getting up into the higher territory. At least that's what we've seen historically, where you don't well, see yeah, a lot yeah, of talent. You don't think it's anybody? Weight. I don't think it's going to be like they're gonna, you're, you're not going to see the result of any spark she might light now. It's going to have to be like in five, mm -hmm. six years where we see more of them, and then yeah. all of a sudden there's tough with 155 yeah. pound women. But or women's so, MMA is getting bigger in 55. You know, and I think this tournament where you can win a lot of money might entice some. Yeah, girls according according to Healthline. The average woman stand American woman, so maybe mm. you know caveat okay. here. Very, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you already know where I'm going with this. Yes, the uh, average woman, American woman, stands at five feet four inches and 170 pounds. There we go. Let's got some so weight. Let's actually got some weight. There we go. That would actually lead you to think we should have a fair amount of women. You out know, somebody else was on the judo team know. with her, man. Somebody else is on there too. Because men is going to be like, it's probably going to be exactly what I am. Like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, like 210 pounds. Like, okay, well, there's a discrepancy uh, between the average man and America. All right. Man. Here's what I'm figuring out. America is fat. Uh, the average American man weighs 197 pounds. Oh, damn. I'm overweight. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. What's the height though? Tell five, them nine. Oh, 5'5"? Five, 5'9". Five? Five, five, Oh my! Oh man! If you said five five, I was like, "Damn, I'm, a, I'm out! I'm, I'm average height." Taller, but I got some pounds <laughs> on that too. It, all right, it's either it's either America's fat or I'm very very skinny. I'm, I'm, I'm very very skinny. I mean, I'm I mean, if everybody's fat, I'm I guess average at that point. Because but. this is like thirty pounds more than what I weigh. Um. Anyway, PFL Kayla Harrison out there doing big things, and Clarissa Shields is one of their signees. Clarissa Shields, my understanding, is the best female boxer in this country. Mm -hmm. Training out of uh, Jackson's. Training out of Jackson's. I don't know how quickly you want to see her get mauled like a mauled by a bear, because that's what it's gonna look like if you ride a fifty five range. I think she's that size because she was there to watch. I think that's what they're you eventually mm -hmm. gotta get there. I mean that that just makes sense. I mean Has that's what that's Clarissa Shields had an MMA fight yet? I don't think right. so. Maybe an I don't know. Don't they have like an amateur series down there too? COVID happened is a factor in this. I don't know how many amateur fights the Jackson Wink series is going on. I don't know. Um I liked I mean yeah, man. PFL was on ESPN when this was just a straight up e regular ESPN too. ESPN as well, not ESPN too, which big deal. It's nice yeah. that they got that deal. And uh anyway, Bellator happened. Uh we lost uh we lost Rumble versus Yoel. 
It's a goddamn yeah. tragedy. Um, but man, um, Marcus, the Jose Otega, I believe his name was. I'm can't, I'm not. Yeah, losing or this. was it us? Augusto? Something I can't remember. Jose uh, it was Augusto. Augusto. I think that sounds right. Jose Augusto. Jose Augusto. Yeah. I'm going with it. <laughs> what did he crack rumble? Was it the left that he cracked rumble with? <laughs> it was the left because, um, I mean, interestingly enough, he, he was doing very well for himself and he was actually landing that right straight on rumble fairly consistently. Um, it was actually when he tried to, when he, I think he was, he was having success with the right straight. And he thought, you know what? Let's put a little bit more mustard on this hot dog. And he tried to go for an overhand right. And that's when he hit him on the top of the dome and probably broke his hand. Um, so he was left with his left, which also seemed to be a good strategy. He, The big punch he cracked him with was a left hook, um, followed up with an uppercut and another left hook, which you know dropped Rumble, had him seriously hurt. He followed up and was doing some ground and pound uh, you know, on the ground with the left. Uh, but Rumble was able to survive you know, to his credit. Um, and get out of that round, but that was that was scary. That was a tough round for Rumble. You know what? Um, for a guy where we always wonder, uh, Rumble doesn't do well when things are going bad. Don't start going bad in a fight mm -hmm. for him. Um, and I know this wasn't him fighting fucking John Jones or Daniel Cormier again or anything, but he hasn't fought in four years. He came back from some adversity here in the second round. He ruined Jose Ortega's face and consciousness. Um, overall. I don't think this was the worst thing that happened to him to go out there and get like shake the cobwebs loose like before you fight a fucking weird puzzle in Yoel Romero. Yeah, and I think the way he reacted to it was positive too. He was really down on himself and upset that he got caught. Um, you know, in all the post fight inter interviews that I didn't watch, I just heard him say like he was he was mad that he got caught. Yeah, he was. You know, he hadn't gotten because I think you look at the other fights he lost, and like you said, Bobby, sometimes when you know things aren't going his way he doesn't he's not able to turn the tables but that's mostly in a grappling orientation where like he's just getting out grappled he's getting tired he hadn't really gotten outstruck before and i think this kind of woke him up and he was kind of like damn like you know even i can get caught so hopefully i think his takeaway was like yeah i'm gonna go back to the gym we're gonna sure up some of my uh you know deficiencies which was really him not getting his right hand back up after he throws uh, the left hook landed because he threw a body shot and he did not get his hand back up to defend. Um, and that's why uh, Augusto was able to land that left hook. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think, you know, if Romero was in there, who knows how this fight would have gone, you know, because Romero just hits like a jackhammer. But Augusto does, too. Like that. Romero would have just stood there and looked at him. That's true. Wow. I mean, the fight would have been wildly. So different, it, but. Is they're saying, assuming Wikipedia is accurate, Rumble's facing Nemkov next, which... Oof. That's, that's, I am ex I'm excited for that yeah, one. That's God a, damn. That's going to be a tough fight for Rumble. Uh, the other side. And has good grappling. The other side is Bader versus Corey Anderson. I'm happy I'm not watching Corey Anderson versus Anthony Johnson. I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm cool with those other guys being on the other side. I like how this is structured in a way where I get to like, let's just book the fucking fights we want to see. And this is, you know. And I think the way they did the seeding is really like the number one seed was Nemkov and probably the number two seed was Vader. And you want to keep Opposite them away sides. from each other. Yeah. You know, that yeah. type of thing. Um, I'm I like what Bellator is doing there, man. I'm all about this tournament. You lost a guy, but you know, put on a banger of a fight still with the replacement. Um, a member of the Pitbull team. Um also on this show, uh, MVP ruined Derek Anderson's face. Uh his nose specifically, who he'll be breathing out of his mouth for a while. Um Derek Anderson has been suspended 120 days by the Athletic Commission, which apparently exists over there uh, at the Mohegan Sun uh, because he lied on his medical records going into the fight because mm. he had said after the fight that he had spent four different trips, had had four trips to the hospital during this camp for kidney issues. Mm. And he did not say that on his fighting, on his 
you know, on his prefab medicals. Which well, it's not good when you have kidney issues, and it's like, well, I need to cut. Well, I guess he didn't yeah. have to cut weight. He didn't have to cut weight for this, right? Well, he was I mean, way undersized, I mean, but still, you was, have to disclose that stuff. Yeah, you shouldn't, be, fi- you shouldn't be fighting. You shouldn't be fighting, bro. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be fighting. I'm not saying he would have won this fight, but you shouldn't have been fighting. That's a. That's yeah, a rough you gotta one. Put your um, health ahead, but um, MVP did the type of performance we expect from MVP, but I mean, we can really down on him. He's I mean, okay. crushing Kane. I, I don't think Derek Anderson's a can, but no, now knowing that, knowing the information, he was fucking in the hospital four different well, times. You know, there's that. Before before this fight, when we talked about this last week, all right, we had mentioned that the guy was was a solid fighter, but at the weight class below. Yeah. So can we really call him? All right, all right. I think I come. I've come up with the perfect uh, compromise. At 155, solid guy. He's a contender at 55, actually. Contender. Mm-hmm. But when you are an undersized welterweight fighting someone like MVP, then you are converted into a can. 55, not a can. 170, can. There's like there, there's a can conversion, and there's there's level of cans. Like this wasn't a can that was already pre-crushed and was sitting out in the sun for three weeks and it was just ready to crumble on its own you had to put a little effort into it but i mean yeah we 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 give mvp a hard time because we know he has a world of potential uh and that we think he did we We think think he does we we talk about his one fight he lost against uh lima who's a fantastic fighter like that's not a guy i'm gonna hold it against that you lost to in in a fun fight in a back and forth fight where you got cracked but at, at some point like bobby said like you know we're all about building a guy and letting him you know letting a, a star shine a little bit and let him get highlight real knockouts but at some point you know you do have to test him a little bit and that's it seemed like that's what the lima fight was like we're putting him in a legit tournament and let's see if he sinks or swim and he sunk and then it's like well now let's give him more feeders and it's like it, it, it's hard we, to- did, we, did, we didn't need to go back to fucking square one is why yeah, exactly. i think our big problem with it like you, you didn't have to give him that fight man you like we could have fought a guy in the level of derrick anderson next like that would have made sense to fight after Lima, not make him crush two years of cans again. You know, yeah. like what are we doing? Um, his normal Scott cans, Cooks. his normal cans are hardy tomato cans, right? Old, a little busted. This one was like a soda can, right? Nice and pristine, but it's made out of aluminum, so it's a little lighter. Well, yeah, I was gonna say it's soda can. Easy to crush. Tomato can, tough to crush. But now, now, now we're getting into can mechanics and stuff. We need to, we need Bobby. Steer us out of here. Yeah, I, I just I was just zoning out during that whole thing. Can I, I, I'm just like And I, when I, MVP I, wins, he likes to celebrate by doing a can can. There you um, go. So uh Scott Coker, and like I know we all like to act like Scott Coker somehow you know the 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 moral good person in this whole equation of MMA promoters. He's just a fucking promoter, okay, that offers less insurance than the fucking UFC one does, all right? Um, when this dude says, he says he's baffled, baffled by Can Crusher comments towards Michael Page. Baffled! Scotty Coker, come on, brother. Come on, Come Scotty. on, brother. You come can't on, do brother. better than that. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Like, you, you're the one serving up the cans. You have a cart full of cans. You go to the store. What do you want me to do? Something is my fault. 
You're standing next to the cans. There's a pile of cans. Right? I mean, look, we'll, we'll we'll tell Scott Coker exactly how we determine the canniness of any fighter. You look on the Wikipedia page. Does he have a page? Look, at if he wants to build these guys he's fighting, or if these guys he's fighting are more legit than what we think because we can't see their record because Wikipedia doesn't have a page, get your IT person and say, look it. We got to build up some cans here. You know, we, we, you know what? We met the PR team. Get that guy with the slick back hair. Just get him back there on Wikipedia for a day, man. Okay? Make Give it him happen. a page. Give him a bio. Look. Tell me how badass he is. Yeah. Props to Scott Coker, though. You know, for his, abili- his, his ability to lie through his teeth and to protect his fighters is uncanny. He's not protecting the cans. The cans are just. No, the cans are meant to be crushed, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds like he says that MVP is getting a title shot next at 170 pounds. All which right. who's the I champ? mean, okay, Do we have one? Uh, Douglas Lima. <laughs> okay, let's roll that one back. Then. I'm just saying, like, he, we're not even gonna make him beat Koreshkov. Like Koreshkov's tall and lanky. I would love to see that fight. Yeah, that'd be good. You yo, know what? And- I'm excited to see watch MVP fight anybody good. Yo, <laughs> in, in the off chance MVP does actually fight Lima again and beats Lima. Oh, that's going to be the end of the fucking world, man. This Why? man is going to be uncorrigible. Like, you, you won't be able to shut this dude up. I mean, okay. It'll be a little bit. You know, you know, you know how easy it is to tune out Bellator, Mike? <laughs> you know how easy it is to tune that's out Bellator? You fucking ESPN. PFL's got a better ratings than Bellator this week, okay? He's on ESPN. All right. Um, all right. Um, and Sergio Pettis is a good fighter, man. Yeah, There's no other it. way to put it. Sergio Pettis went out there, took that title from pimp hat wearing Juan Archuleta. Marcus, that right hand, whoo, just landing all damn night long. That counter right. Yeah, I mean, I I think sometimes we're hard on both the Pettises because because again, kind of like MVP. There's a lot of potential there that we've just not. Why well, did we also sweep them together? To with, it, and I think, we, we go with the one paintbrush. I feel with the Pettis brothers a lot sure, too. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I mean, Sergio has had his own troubles in the UFC. Even though I think you know he was all he was obviously a bit lower than his brother, not having fought for a title and and kind of hovering in the the, the mid 15s range. You know, when he mo- made the move to Bellator, and I thought like this could be a really good home for him. This is the talent range, which is still very high like don't get it confused like the guys at bellator are legit just like the guys at pfl and just like the guys at one fc like when you're in these top echelon leagues you can kind of mix them together you know we give a lot of prestige to the ufc but all these guys are legit um and this was a place where i thought he could maybe make a name and build some confidence and that's exactly what he's done now he's captured the belt which is awesome uh and let's see where he goes from here but he looked good in this fight and you know as a young fighter that's what you look for you want to see him improve fight after fight and he looked like of championship material obviously because he got that belt so let's see where he goes from here bellator has a ranking system now by the way no i did not know that yeah michael page apparently was ranked number two at welterweight um behind a guy who's facing douglas lima yaroslav amasov that's what's happening at bellator 260 i'm not sure what event just number that was to be honest it's hard to keep track yeah um did they lose koreshkov I don't even see him ranked anymore. That'd be a bummer. Could anyway, um, by the way, Michael Page didn't even win this fight 170 pounds. It was 175 pounds. I know. He, I think his last two fights, maybe even three, that definitely means, This is just some Conor McGregor shit, man. You just win fights in other weight classes. Come back and fight for titles. That's what it makes perfect yeah, sense. I mean, hey, he's got to make 170 if he's fighting for the title. I don't think he's ever missed either. 
It's an interesting thing. Here. I guess you don't miss if they're giving you catch weights. I guess if he has the foresight and he has Daddy Coker to be like, please, Daddy, give me five more pounds. And he's like, you got it, son. No problem. Yeah, I think he just heard that Paul Daly claimed he was the champion of this fictional weight class. Do like, that. Do that wait fight a minute. Again, I guess. You know, do, do 175 and then you can you ring your bell all you want. You know, just do that fight again and just say it's kickboxing. Let's just fuck up and fuck up and just, you know, not fuck around and mess up here. Let's just say it's kickboxing. There we go. Um... All right, some news this week. We mentioned Scotty Coker's bullshit. We lost um, Edmund Shabazian and uh, Dan's and Jack Hermanson from this card this weekend, which would have been a... It was going to be nice to see where Edmund was at, quite frankly. You know, um, there's a lot of hype behind the kid, and it kind of, you know, Lorenz, not Lorenz, Dirk Brunson um, kind of really grinded that shit to a halt. Um and I don't know if Edmonds fought since then because I'm really paying, paying attention to him. I don't think so. I think he lost that fight and all the momentum just kind of shriveled up. And this was going to be a comeback fight to see if he can get back on the winning side. But I'll have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, now, we also had this week the Jake Paul, Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. Which, it was it a work? Was it a shoot? Um, I was positive it was a work. Um Mike's comments on the hair, though, uh, are interesting. About I did not think about that because Mark, his hair looks fucked up. <laughs> like people yes. making fun of his hair all week now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what we talked about beforehand is that I gave you guys definitive evidence that this was in fact a shoot, not a work, and this comes from the black community. Um, there is no way in hell that the way Floyd Mayweather's hair looked all frayed and like looked like there was no Bayesian in his hair. His shit looked fucked up, right? There's no way that man is letting his hat being taken off, um, you know, for publicity. All right. Let me ask. There's one, one thing second, a black man second. ain't going to allow you to do is let his shit look all fucked up. Let me, let me ask this question because I know Mark's not going to, so I'll ask it. What's Bayesian? You were right. I you was know, not going to ask. I I apologize. Um, I kind of just assumed you guys knew what Bayesian was. And why the fuck would you know what Bayesian is? Mm. Um, essentially, what Bayesian is, it's like it, it's like a high grade like chia seeds that like black dudes that like are are bald and will put on their head. Ah, so mm. it makes it look like they have hair. Have you ever seen how like LeBron James during his media shoots, he's got his perfect hairline back? Yeah, she looks real symmetrical that, I, and shit. But then, like in the fourth Sharpie. quarter, like in the fourth quarter, you know, in the fifty-second game, you see his shit is struggling. That's because yeah. Bayesian isn't there anymore. Okay, <laughs> I'm learning stuff today. I mean, what I was gonna say is, I think again, like, like we mentioned at the top of the show, I think it, perspective. Who are you asking? Was it a work? Because if you're talking about Jake Paul, yeah, it was a work. He literally made a video before he did it. It's like I'm gonna steal this dude's hat, and then he steal. Did you guys see that TikTok video? It was cracking me the fuck up. I'm like slowly becoming a Jake Paul fan. I don't like it, but it's funny as fuck. He's like, I'm going to steal Floyd's hat. Then they show the video where he does and they play. Oh, I can't remember what song they play. It was, it was some hip hop song where everyone's like, everyone getting crazy and they all start rushing them and they cut. <laughs> The video cuts to him walking back into his hotel room. He's all his shirt is ripped to shreds. He's covered in sweat. And he's like, it went well. <laughs> I think he said, oh, no, because the first part was like, I'm going to steal his hat. I'll tell you how it goes. And then he steals it. All shit breaks loose. But really, if this was a work, I don't know why Floyd would agree to this because he just gets punked. Like you just have this guy that's, that's a bully, Take your hat, make you look small. 
And then his reaction is he flips out. I mean, I would have done the same thing. It's a, it's this weird, the taking of the hat is such a weird power play move. And it is why like Jake Paul is, is an asshole and, and I almost don't want to say idiot, but like he's good at figuring out like where that line is, where, how he can get close to it. It's like, well, you gonna kill somebody because he took your hat? You're gonna beat some dude up because he took your hat? No, because then you look like a fucking idiot. But you take his hat and it fucks with your pride. That fucks fairness, with the man's fairness, pride. Mark, there are people in jail because you know someone smudged their Jordans. I know. Chappelle did a whole skit on it on repeated episodes of when you know things go bad. But I mean, that, that's that's the thing. Is like, as someone, I I think we've all gotten picked on and bullied. Like, that's a really stupid thing to get upset about. Some guy taking your hat, but it's just like that's an ego thing that that's a man taking my property without me being able to stop it. And you feel powerless and that's, and you can tell Floyd felt this is a guy that does not feel powerless in his life. He has the money. He commands these giant men around him all day to do his bidding. No one fucks with this. man. No one takes this man's hat. Are you fucking kidding me? That hat stays on my head. Cause I got, I have not done my hair yet. I've not got the (laughs) Chia pet plugs. Like Mike's talking about that. We all learned about a few minutes ago. I've instantly forgot the name of, but Bayesian. like Bayesian. And, like the city. And and that's why, like, when that <laughs> happened, he flipped city. out, man. That was that was an ego thing. That was a thing fucking with his pride. And that is a man that does not deal with that well. And that's why he's and that's why I didn't think it was a work. I mean, from from Jake. Do, Paul, do you think do you think Cotter the whole time is watching this like fuck, I should have stole his hat? Cotter's like, I I didn't think to steal this motherfucker's hat. I stole the other yeah, guy's belt. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't steal this guy's hat. Grabbed him on his head. Um, if you guys want to see a real funny picture from that, there's a black and white picture of uh, Floyd Mayweather after after his hat gets stolen. If you go to Charlemagne the God's Instagram post, the shit looks like some shit straight out of the 1960s civil rights movement. It looks like <laughs> he is fighting the fight, man. It is hilarious. I, I like. Uh, I, I saw it happen, and I immediately was like, I gotta go to Fifty Cent's Instagram because I know <laughs> I know where Fifty Cent's at in this feud. Fifty Cent is the most. 50 Cent has no fucking problems. He's the 50 Cent makes fun of Floyd for not being able to read. All right. That's 50 Cent. So he had comments on how bad Floyd's hair looked. And I immediately set up the mic. It's kind of what makes it great, right? Is like, we don't like either of these guys. I don't care about two assholes like punking each other and bullying on each other. It's like, yeah, go ahead and take his fucking hat. Go ahead and beat the shit out of this white punk. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, for me, it's all circus and fun and games, and I'm, I'm loving it. Um, all right. Um, let's just make some picks because I want to do stuff we like. One, but go one ahead. Real quick, uh, to talk about what 50 Cent wrote. What the fuck going on on Champ Head? I heard he had pubic hairs put on his face. <laughs> it's like the most, just the dumbest insults, too. It's just, it's wonderful. It's not even a little clever. It makes back me so on the happy. playground, boys. Back That's on the playground. Thing. Is just, yep, doesn't matter how fucking big you think you are, Floyd. This motherfucker's gonna make fun of your stupid ass hair. Uh, all right, UFC 262 this weekend coming to you from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Fun fact I have stayed at the, I think Sheraton is attached to the Toyota Center. Sounds fancy. I was, I was, it's not. I was staying at the hotel. And there was also, like a child beauty pageant going on or something during yeah, the no, during the thing creepy. because I was on the hotel I was in the uh, elevator going up with a bunch of like little kids and their mamas all done up and I was like this is the weirdest fucking place I've ever been in my life and I've been to Houston many times and that statement stands not a good place if you live in Houston you know is not a good place all right why is everything a one way road 
Fix that shit. Anyway, um, coming to you from the Toyota Center. Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler fighting for the vacant, I guess, UFC lightweight championship. Um, co-main event, Tony Ferguson, my man, Benil Dariush. Um, we got Caitlin Chukasian, Vivian Ara Arujo. I always say her name. I've never got her name right once. Don't know how to say it properly. Finally, Shane Burgos, Eddie Edson Barboza. Um, this whole card is a full of bunch of pick em fights. Um, and, um, got a couple fights on here. The Barboza and Ferguson ones where you can tell the odds makers are like, where are these guys? Are they done being top five, top 10? Or are they not done? Um, this is very much a fan, a hardcore MMA fans card. It even more so was that when Nate Diaz was on the card, quite frankly, against Edwards. Um, and shit, we had Shabazian and Jack or Jack or Manson. Marcus, this isn't a bad card by any means, but it was sick uh, about two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I still before we just lost Edmund, it was it was a decent card with Nate. It was fantastic, you know. So I mean, when you when you build up a big card like this, and you know, fights tend to fall through. You know, the overall product tends to hurt, especially when you know. We're going to talk mostly about the main card here, but you get into those prelims and they're not super strong. You know, I, I think if you had a really strong card, you could have a little bit more leeway in those pre prelims and pull something up and still not lose too much value. But it's definitely take a little bit of a dive with some of these absence. Are, are you still good? Are you at the point yet, Mike, where you see Lando Venado's name and you're like, yeah, OK, whatever. Or do you still like get a little like, OK, maybe no. I'll see Lando do his thing. No. You're done. No, the, the the time to be hyped about Lando has long passed. There's only one Lando I recognize, and that's Calrissian. Fair enough. Very good. Um, Andrea Lee, Andrea KGB Lee, Antonio Shevchenko, though, something to check out on the prelims. Uh, Miss Shevchenko has just become a commercial pilot. I saw a UFC video about her piloting or something. I didn't watch it, but I was like, okay, that's weird. That she is actually the now, older sister, too. Yeah. She is the older sister. I did not know that. I did not think about it. I did not I don't know why I always assumed that. It was my own my own mind assumes the better one is the older <laughs> yeah, sibling because I am the older sibling myself. <laughs> That's what I assume. Who got you that PS5 last week, Bobby? That's true. Who got you that PS5? He got me my PS5. He's gonna babysit my dog. I should be nicer. Um All right. Um Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler. Um I think the Ben Folks' podcast calls Charles Oliveira Chucky Olives. Which I, I really every nickname they come up to on that come up on that fucking podcast. I mean, they're responsible for Bobby Knuckles. Just saying, you know, they got good nicknames. We got it. Yeah, they got good <laughs> nicknames. Um, Charles Oliveira, my man, making no effort to learn English, zero effort. Um, out here doing charity work. Charles Oliveira is on a fucking roll, people. Charles Oliveira has not lost a fight since December 2017. Um. In that, since then, he has won eight straight. In those eight fights, he's got seven goddamn finishes. The only one he didn't finish was Tony Ferguson. And wasn't there a point in that first round where we thought Tony Ferguson's arm wasn't going to be functional same, anymore? Saved by the uh, bell, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, Michael Chandler, been in the UFC for about 25 minutes. Um, came in, um, knocked out uh, Dan Hooker in a mean, mean way. Mean, mean way. Um, put him down about a, two and a half minutes into the fight. Really felt bad for Dan Hooker, man. He had to quarantine for two weeks again afterwards, then go home. Real shit way to spend your time. Um, betting odds for this one. Yeah, we got a uh, Charles is minus 135 and Chandler is at plus 115. So Oliveira, the slight favorite. 
I've seen both these guys lose a lot of fights. I realized that. I was thinking about this fight earlier. Been around for a while. They've been, been doing this a long time. I still contend that we are not getting the best version of Michael Chandler. I think that was a couple years ago. But it's, we're still getting a pretty goddamn good version. Because knocking out Dan Hooker is not easy. Charles Oliveira, if he wins this title, I'm not sure he's going to have to defend it. Because he has fought everybody in this weight class. He has been in this weight class since he was like 12 years old. Has um, he fought uh, Poirier? Probably. I don't no, know. Maybe he has. That I don't would think be a he fun. fought Poirier. He hasn't fought Gaethje. So there's a couple key guys up there that he hasn't fought yeah. yet. That'll be great. Those are fun uh, fights. I love this. Can I just say I love this weight class? I don't give a mm -hmm. shit who wins any fights. Just keep booking the fights. Let me see them. I got Charles Oliveira. Um, he's on fire. Um, and I think that Michael Chandler has got the advantage in power. I think hands-wise... Overall skills, hands-wise, I think it's probably pretty close. Oliveira's really gotten better on his hand, on his feet. Way better. Michael Chandler's got a distinct wrestling advantage. Michael Chandler would be a fucking moron to go to the ground with Charles Oliveira. All right? I do not think it goes well for him on the ground, personally. I think we might actually see the opposite happen of Oliveira getting on top of Michael Chandler. And I think that might be at a place where he can really put it away. I think over five rounds, it is not... I think if I'm picking Charles Oliveira, it means I'm picking him to get a finish. He does not go to decision that often. He's got 30 wins and three fucking decisions. Three. Okay, and um, Michael Chandler's tough. You know, you don't just get to go with the name Iron just because, you know, you wanted to steal like steal like Mike Tyson did or anything. But, yeah, I got I got Oliveira. I think it's going to be really good, though, too. But um, slight favorite, right? So mm -hmm. Chucky Olives getting that belt. Marcus, what do you think? Yeah, I think it is a really compelling match. I think it is very close. Um, it's undeniable what uh, Oliveira's has been able to do. Not not even in his last stint, but just throughout his career. You know, this was a guy that was a, a prospect when he jumped into the UFC. And yeah, he, he's lost some big fights here and there, especially at 145. Um, 55 seems to agree with him a lot more. Um, I am going to go with Chandler. There's not a lot of, you know, analysis. I mean, I, th I think what you said, Bobby, is true. I think on the stand-up, he's going to have a little heavier hands. Um, Oliveira is going to have a more well-rounded game stand-up. I think he throws a lot more kicks, especially in the clinch. He has pretty good knees. I'm, I'm really just going with uh, Michael just because he's put in – I mean, I was about to say he's put in a lot of work in the fight game and not getting a lot of credit being in Bellator, but it's like so is Charles, dude. Like it, this weight division is so insane that you have to get eight wins in a row and finish seven of them to get a crack at the title is asinine and insane. Well, do you know what it is, Marcus? That's part of the reason I'm picking Oliveira is because he seems like Tony Ferguson in that they're like, this motherfucker's never going to get another title shot. It took him this long to get one. They obviously didn't want to give one to him sooner than well, this. Well, I, I, think, I think luckily what it does come down to is, is it's very difficult to get that shot because the weight class is just filled with talent. It's hard to have a consistent run. And the champion's always been a little up in the air. You know, we had Connor, and then he was gone, and then it took forever for Habib to get it, and then he was out with injuries. But I do feel like once you get to that title contender match, like Gaethje's still in the game, Poirier's still hanging around, Ferguson's still even around. So I think once you get there, it's easier for them to slot you in. But when you haven't had that title shot, it is astronomical to get to, to the place where they're fighting at. Um, yeah, I'm going with Chandler. I, I just like the guy. Um I've been really impressed with him in Bellator, and uh, I think it'd be you know a fun. I think he'd be a fun champion to get. You know that, that's really it. You, you, just you know what you got to consider, Marcus. Here, mm -hmm. Oliveira doing all this charity, right? 
if Oliveira wins, okay, these are the two options next. He's fighting Dustin, also doing a bunch of charity work, mm, uh, Poirier. That'd be great. Which I don't know how the UFC's going to want to do that. Or Conor McGregor has to somehow shit talk Charles Oliveira, which I don't know how that would even work. I also don't know if Conor's fighting that fight. But I mean, Bobby, I would, maybe, when you fight a Brazilian guy that doesn't speak English, you tell him that you saw him feed carrots to a bus or some bullshit. <laughs> you, just, you just make us some racist shit at that point if he really wants By the way, I, I do like at this point, uh, uh, Chael's out there interviewing Anderson. And I kind of feel like, man, guys, kayfabe. Kayfabe, man. What well, I know it was 10 years ago, but come on, man. Yeah. Protect the business. It's like Mike, Chandler making it interesting. but that's Mike, we don't have Mike's, we don't have Stefan's pick, so you split the tie here. Who do we got? Uh, I am going to be going with Oliveira, um, mm. whereas Michael Chandler's best happened in Bellator. I think we're just entering the prime when it comes uh, to Oliveira. He has a fair amount of, of losses. He has eight losses, but when you consider that a lot of them came in bunches, um, I mean, I want to say relatively early in his UFC career, but he's been in the UFC so goddamn long that um, it was a while ago. I mean, five of those losses or four of those losses came in a two-year period, right? And then from there, it's been off to the races after the Paul Felder, Paul Felder loss. Um, I think this is going to be the ascension of, Oliveira of Oliveira as as champion um and we can be regaled in a UFC champion that knows absolutely no English and Dana White is going to rip his hair out because he will not have a marketable champion that he can use I uh I'm just telling you right now I bet Stepan's picking Oliveira because I think so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and quote Stepan he, I, I don't like Michael Chandler. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he historically has stated many times he does not like that. Yeah, I don't like Michael Chandler, Chandler, Chandler much either. Michael Chandler, we can get into it later. Don't worry about it. I mean, what? <laughs> he, he, he orphaned a, a small African-American child? What's wrong with whoa, that? Whoa, he did it. Oh, wait. You know, he did the uh, opposite of orphaned. He, he, yeah, 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 he adopted. He adopted. <laughs> but, okay. If Michael Thank Chandler you. orphaned an African-American child, that means Michael Chandler probably killed his people. Yeah. That's what that means. Disclaimer, Michael Chandler did not kill a black <laughs> no, that was, that was a slip. Let, let's move that. on here. Let's move on. Benil Dariush, my man, um, taking on Tony Ferguson. Betting line in this one, Marcus. Yeah, this one is Darush is the favorite at uh, minus 155, and Ferguson coming as underdog at 135. So 55 yeah, a, little, a little more money in the last 10 minutes has come in on Darush, actually, moving it to 165. Um, this betting line really seems like if you told me like a year and a half, two years ago, that Tony Ferguson is going to be an underdog to Benil Darush, the assumption would definitely be what went wrong with Tony Ferguson, right? Because we know Benil is a tough fighter, but what went wrong? Marcus? He's your guy. He's you always love picking Tony. Are we done picking Tony here? Yeah, I mean, I have to pick my my underdogs and my favorites smartly here. <laughs> um, and really, I, earlier today I was going to pick Ferguson. I was just thinking, like, you know, he's 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 at a bad stretch. Um, but again, you look at those guys, and like those are like those are the title contenders and title holders uh, right now. But I think what really gives me pause is that Oliveira fight. And just how often he was able to get him to the ground. And I do feel Darush is a better wrestler. So I feel like this is going to be a grappling match. And I think Tony is, you know, he's he's very sly on the bottom. He's tricky. But kind of like a Diaz brother, I, I don't want to pick a guy working off his back the whole time. Because if Darush can negate some of the submissions and land, land some good ground and pound, those, you know, the wiliness starts to 
to uh, you know evade after some time. So I'm going Darush. Don't feel super great about it. I do think I think uh, Ferguson isn't getting a lot of love on the uh, the odds here because he's had a bad stint. But I still think there's a lot left in that guy. And I, I think I think that's the other thing. I think a lot of people are thinking he's over the hill. It's all downhill from here. I'm not quite in that camp, well, but I am going with Darush. So. We also got to give uh, Darush credit here. Six straight wins. Wins over um, Tiago Moses, Drew Dober, Frank Camacho, Drakkar Close, Scott Holtzman, and Carlos Diego Ferreira. Not one of these motherfuckers being anywhere near the top 15. Mike, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to be going with Ferguson on on this one. One thing I was thinking about over, over the last few days um, when I thought about Tony Ferguson is all of his unconventional training methods. And up until two fights ago, I think people would have been like, oh, well, that's why he's doing so well. You know, he's crazy. He's unconventional. He like he does like spin like head spins on his head as like fucking training and shit. And but then you start to think after, you know, he gets pieced up, you know, in his last two fights. Well, is this because of his uncon- unconventional conditioning um, methods that, you know, he's falling off the cliff um, quicker, quicker than you would, you would expect. I'm not, I'm not chalking it up to that. I'm chalking it up to he faced two very elite people and it, it just wasn't his night in those particular nights. I am going to hold out hope that Tony Ferguson is still is an elite fighter and that he'll be able to handle the business of their use. I got Tony Ferguson. Ooh, so I I'm mean, on an got... island on my favorite. Yeah, um, we'll see. Um, I just don't, I like, you know, Benil's the only Persian in the UFC. So I tend to root for him and I will be rooting for him, but I don't know how well this is going to go for him. I don't know. I've seen him lose a lot of fights, I feel. Fair. I know he's had a good run here. But anyway, um, I was just thinking just now. I'm like, if Joshua Fabia was a really good fighter, would he be Tony Ferguson? Like, would we be willing to accept the crazy if he was just, like, really good at fighting? <laughs> like, if he was winning? <laughs> if Diego, like, was actually winning fights, like, yeah, maybe we should all be hanging upside down and taking punches to the head. What do we know? Um, no, we should not be doing that. That's uh, No. Caitlin Chukasian. Viviana Orujo, Caitlin's on a one-fight win streak, win over Cynthia Calvillo. Vivian coming off a back-to-win win, back-to-back wins over Martana, Montana de la Rosa and Roxanne Mataferi. Betting line for this one, Marcus. Yeah, Caitlin is the favorite at minus 135, and Viviana is the underdog at 115. I'm gonna go with that blonde fighter, baby. Blonde fighter for the win, Caitlin Chukasian. Um, I'm more familiar with her. I feel like downplaying her sometimes and just enjoy the nickname. She's ranked high in this weight class. She gets wins. You know, I this is a pick em fight. I'm taking the one I want to win. Caitlin Trucasian. Mike? Yeah, ditto for me. Marcus? Same. I'm not like a big Caitlin fan. Um, this is oh, more this is going to decision, baby. This yeah, is going I mean, to this decision. is just playing the odds, really. She's never really impressed me. I was shocked she got a title fight. I just think like she's never on my radar. Hopefully this is a fight where she can, you know, impress me because the record and her standings, you know, are something that, you know, should be garnering a lot more respect for me that just aren't, unfortunately. Yeah, taking on a grappler here in Vivian. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, here's the other fight where I think the Ozmakers are wondering how much this gentleman has left. Shane Burgos, Edson Barboza, betting line for this one. 
Sorry, I had to unmute myself. Uh, yeah, so Edson is the slight underdog at 105, and Shane is the favorite at minus 125. Okay, Edson is losing a lot of fights. Like, Edson has lost 5 of 7, 3 of 4 here. There are a lot of splits in here, though. A lot of splits. Um, Shane, on the other hand, coming off of a loss to Josh Emmett before that wins over Cub Swanson, Kurt Holloborough, Mahwan Amerikani. This is a striker versus striker matchup. Um, Shane's got a goddamn black belt, black belt under Tiger Shulman. All right. So we're dealing with here striking wise. And Edson's Edson. I'm going to go with Edson. I think this is going to be a banger, though. This is going to be really fun. Mike, what do you think? It, it sounds like you are um, um, denigrating uh, the great Tiger Shulman in karate. No, I'm saying, I'm saying this guy's a fucking striker. Tiger Shulman's legit, man. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm. Of the age where I still remember the Tiger Showman's uh, gyms back in the 90s, where I know they're a legitimate <laughs> MMA gym now, but I still think of those commercials back when I was like 10 years old. Um, I'm still going with Edson still has uh, something in the gas tank, though. Yeah, okay. Can we go to a Tiger Showman's gym next time I visit? Because to get the tour of the Tiger Showman situation in New York City? How many has he got? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's still one in the city. I know there's one in Hoboken, so I think the, the saying is headquarters is in Elmwood Park. Elmwood, where the New Jer- Elmwood, Elmwood, Elmwood Park, New Jersey, New Jersey. Oh, Elmwood Park. All right. Anyway, you got you got Edson Marcus. Are you gonna? What do you think? Yeah, going Edson. We're going let's, let's get the broom out. Let's sweep it up. Uh, I got Edson too. I, like like you, Bobby. I think this is gonna be a really fun fight. It's gonna be a good striking match, and I think either of these guys could catch the other. Um, but I, I I do think Edson's recent losses are more due to the caliber of opponent and not so much necessarily that he's done but you know if he has i mean the split Shane, the spl- you, you see the split decisions you're like okay this could have gone either yeah. way especially some of those in there um really could have was it the felder one where we were all just like ah, i don't know about that one yeah that was, was one for sure and I, one. the Ige one also specifically i remember thinking like i thought Ige lost that fight but anyway um all right we'll get stefan's pick and you'll see him up on the website later this week um other fight in the main card legitimately don't know these two gentlemen matt chanel and um, Nationale's got a UFC, got like ten UFC fights. I don't know who he is. And uh, Rogerio Bontarin, who has also got like seven UFC fights. Goddamn. Okay, um, that's also on the main card, um, taking the place of uh, Shabazian and uh, Hermanson. No card for Bellator this week. I don't know if PFL has got one to be honest. Um. I think they might be taking the week off, but I don't want to talk out of school here, so give me one moment. No PFL card. Uh, 1FC is happening, though, with uh, Brandon on all the steroids. Vera taking out Arjan Bular for that uh, heavyweight strap. Brandon Vera's only got 24 fights in his career. Seems shocking to me. You mentioned, like, a couple weeks ago, like, oh, is Brandon Vera still their heavyweight champion? And I mocked it because it was like, he became champion five years ago. No way he still has that belt. And fucker still has it. So what do I know? Uh, next week, Bellator bringing Cyborg out to fight Leslie Smith again. And nothing about that first might, fight made us think we need to see it again. And then uh, Paige Van Zandt's husband, Austin Vanderford, also on that card. Mike's favorite Bellator fighter, Valerie Lareda, on the undercard on free TV that, you know, that week. I mean, I don't know why she's my favorite fighter. Um, I mean, I mean, Valley Lareda, one of a couple uh, female MMA fighters, were are basically running OnlyFans accounts. By the way, nothing wrong with that. 
No, you do get your money, man. Do what you got to do. Paige is raking it, apparently, with hers. Paige Van Zandt? You don't have to do she porn. You know, I mean, really, yeah. what, what I feel bad about, and I was just talking about this with Christine a couple days ago, like, I feel bad for OnlyFans because there's really no difference between that and Patreon. But, like, no. there's a certain clientele that went to OnlyFans, and now they've been kind of stigmatized as, as that type of thing, but it's not always the case, so. Have you been paying attention to this Twitch shit with, like, the whole hot tub thing or oh, whatever? Oh, I heard about some of hot tubs. Some, Girl, I need somebody smarter thinking, than me. Maybe Stefan watches more Twitch than we maybe do. Maybe he's, like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah, because the whole thing about on. women are trying to, like, are just, like, streaming while in hot tubs. I don't know. Twitch is like half a porn platform well, now. And people are not comfortable. That, with it. There have been before then they call them like booby streamers or something. There'd be like attractive ladies with cleavage playing games or whatever. And they would garner a fan base. And even then, I'm and like, then you, whatever, you, man, you, you, get... you tip them money and then they write your, their, your name on their arm. That's a thing. Okay. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I whatever your much. shtick is. I mean, look at how much different is that than like cutie pie or whatever saying your name when you donate them five bucks, you know? It's look, just like... man, cam sites have existed on the internet since the True. beginning. Of the it, it just, it's becoming more into the focus. Yo, guys. <laughs> The world, it's a goddamn pandemic. All right. Everyone get paid how you're going to get paid. All right. Uh, whatever, man. Do whatever you got to do. You know, and women's MMA ain't paying shit. All right. Get paid. It is what it is. Um, all right. Let's do stuff we like. Um, I want to talk about blood and guts. Mike, are you ready to talk about some blood and guts? Uh, I feel like we're going to be talking about that for a while. So let's get to it. Yeah. Blood and guts, folks. Uh, Marcus, I'm not sure you know what we're going to be talking about here. No idea. But Blood and Guts is uh, AEW's name for a War Games match. Um, they did a traditional War Games match, though, in that they actually have the roof on the War Games match. People aren't wrestling fans. You put two rings right next to each other. You surround the whole fucking thing in a cage. Um, WWE's version doesn't have a roof on the cage. AEW's does, which is also the original way they did a Blood and Guts match. Um, the way you win is by surrender or submission. Um which came into play into this match. This match was originally booked over a year ago. It was supposed to be uh, Jericho, Jericho's inner circle faction of five gentlemen taking on the elite of uh, the formerly of the Bullet Club, but the elite, uh, the Young Bucks, oh, wow. Cody Rhodes, um, Hangman Page, Blood and Guts match. Kenny Omega. That was going to be the five on five. Um, but then the pandemic happened and they didn't really have a good way of being like, hey, how are we going to do two fucking rings and a cage. I didn't really have. They were still filming in a TV studio for the first month or so. The name "Blood and Guts" was that Vince McMahon tried to denigrate AEW on a conference call with stockholder with the stockholders in the media early on, saying, "You know, they're doing blood and guts over there. We're not. You know, we're not like that." This is Vince McMahon who lit a man on fire a couple months ago in <laughs> wrestling ring, by the way. Um, so the AEW is like, "Fuck it, we'll call it blood and guts." A year and a half, year plus later, the match ended up being still the inner circle. Jericho's faction, taking on the pinnacle, um, MJF's new faction. So we had on one side MJF, uh, Sean Spears, who was for formerly the Perfect Ten in WWE, um, Dash and uh, or Dax and Cat. I don't know what are their fucking names in AEW. Dax and Cash Wheeler. The, no, isn't that is, it? Is it okay? FTR, and then the fifth member was uh, the War Dog Wardlow. I love Wardlow. Um, other side, we had Jericho, um, Santana Ortiz, Jake Hager, and um, my favorite, Sammy Guevara. These gentlemen um, beat the fuck out of each other. It was bloody as shit. They were all gigging, you know, giving themselves, you know, the cuts above the head. Um, Sammy Guevara did a Spanish fly to Sean Spears where they were in opposite rings. 
if it's hard to and standing on the middle rope, that was sick, Mike. Um, Sammy did a coast to coast. Sammy ate shit doing a springboard and, and went face first into the mat. Everybody was bleeding. Um, at one point, Jericho ended up on top of the cage with MJF, and a, a Jericho's team had to surrender because MJF threatened to show throw Jericho's old ass off the cage, so they had to surrender. And then Jericho, and then MJF in true heel fashion, still threw Jericho's fifty year old ass off the cage. Uh, Jericho landed in uh, threw a piece of cardboard that was painted to look like steel into a crash pad. People got all butthurt about it. Motherfucker's 50 years old. All right? It's okay. It's wrestling. We don't need to see him die. Um, That match fucking was awesome for me, Mike. I was... It was about halfway through. I was just like, this is on free TV, huh? We're just doing this on free TV, not a pay-per-view? Okay. Um, They obliterated it ratings-wise. It's the first time a wrestling program not run by the WWE was number one cable broadcast on television since WCW. First time, so 20 years. Um, I thought it was awesome. I thought, I mean, some shit like, I, there was times where I'm like, guys, calm down. You don't need to kill yourselves. It's free TV. It's a lot of blood. Enough of you are bleeding. It's all good. Um, but they just beat each other up. It was a physical match. It looked like they sold it like they hated each other. I liked the surrender thing. I know some people didn't. But, you know, when there's no, no, like, there's no pinfall or anything, I thought that was a cool, you know, way to do things. I would have rather not had commercials. That was my one critique. But I'm not sure how much control they have over that. So that was what I thought of it. Mike, what'd you think? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, there were certain parts of, of the match where honestly, like, I thought, whoa, that looks like that spot they almost ate shit and they mm-hmm. almost actually really it mostly, it mostly involved my guy sammy it mostly involved my guy sammy too <laughs> and after it happened a few times i thought oh no 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 that is some that is the charm of this match where it's not meant to be pretty it's meant mm-hmm. to be gritty it's meant to be dirty it's meant to be raw and you know and then everyone started bleeding on themselves and i i really enjoyed it um I also like one thing that AEW is doing in that, you know, it's very old school in the aspect that there's only like three pay-per-views all year, right? There's Double or Nothing. Uh, oh, there's four. Double or Nothing. Yeah, it's Revolution, Double or Nothing, All Out, and Full Gear. Those are the four. All right. And one thing I'm liking is that they will build up some regular Wednesday cards, almost like pseudo pay-per-views i almost like Absolutely. to equate them as like the, the the bullshit that's happening on wwe this uh this sunday you know uh, wrestlemania backlash where it's like it's a quote-unquote pay-per-view but no one re- like i guess people give a shit a bit about it but it's it's not a pay-per-view anyone really cares about right mm. um whereas what aew is doing is that they're also trying to have it was like hey come watch the actual tnt product as well and they'll build up to certain, you know, Wednesday cars where it's like, we're going to have a huge event going on. So I really, really did enjoy that. Um, I guess like five people were butthurt that some of the matches had been pre-recorded for, for Blood and Guts. So uh, the actual only live match during Blood and Guts was the main event. So people at Daly's Place apparently... Uh, all they were able to see was the actual live event and then everything else was like pre-recorded, but like, come on, 
you saw that match. Why are you asking for a refund? That was that was just a good time. Yeah, um, that was really good. The other thing I had this week, uh, Dark Side of the Ring came back. Um, Mike, did you finish it? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, Dark Side of the Ring, um, which uh, we've talked about this on this show since it started out. Vice television program, uh, one-hour documentaries about professional wrestling. Um, they call it Dark Side of the Ring because it's generally the not-so-pleasant stories. Um, and the season premiere was a two-parter about Flying Brian Pillman, uh, the late, great Loose Cannon. Um, and uh, it was really – it was – you know, it was nice that I remembered things the way – and my memory is better than I thought it was, where I thought, did they really do a scene where Brian pulled a gun out and he you heard a bang – and the screen went dark, and you thought, did Brian shoot Stone Cold Steve Austin? And that's what happened. That was exactly how it happened. Um, I remember thinking Brian was crazy. He was, turns out. Um, man's <laughs> career was really derailed by a bad car accident where he was on pain pills for much of his WWE run. And uh, then he OD'd and died. Or he, like, did he OD, or was it like heart failure? Basically, he took too many pills at, at some point or another. Um the whole part about how his family has had to cope with his death was fucking depressing. And yeah. Brian Pillman Jr. talking about how he's had a stepdad who just beat the fuck out of him and, like, had his, trained his dog to attack the kid. And then, like, when his stepdad found that he had a GameCube, he just took it and smashed it. And, no, the guy lost his dad. He never really grew up with a dad. And then his mom was a junkie. And, you know... It was, you know, sad, but it was just, this show is so well done. And I know this isn't just a shit on the WWE thing, and I get why they do this, but when they put on a documentary, um, you get a real revisionist history, um, you know, and like they talk, it's really self, you know, self-glorifying a lot of times, and it's sweeping the negative shit under the rug. You're never going to hear them mention Chris Benoit on WWE TV ever again, you know, that type of thing. It's nice that this exists. You know, I think it's interesting. I can't wait for the episode they're going to do about the collision in Korea, which was when WCW went to North Korea and put on a wrestling show. Uh, Ric Flair came with him. Muhammad Ali was there too. Muhammad Ali uh, said some stuff when he was there. Um, I can't, I just, the topics this season are great. And that's one of them. They're going to do an Ultimate Warrior one. I can't wait for the Ultimate Warrior one because the WWE shoves bullshit about Ultimate Warrior down your throat every year. And Multiple Warrior was an was a horrible person. Said a lot of really negative shit. I know nothing about the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior for the longest time was just on the internet calling everybody, pardon my language, calling everybody a faggot. Just what he did. He was the wrestling version of Ted Nugent, is what he was for the longest time. He'd go to colleges and say horrible things. But then they named it, you know, at the end, he made nice. They made named an award after him. And they give it to a nice person every year. The Warrior Award. I like that show a lot, though. I'm happy it's on. I got to, you know, I'm glad that it's the most popular show on Vice, though, because it's wrestling. You don't, you know, you don't know sometimes think something's going to do well or not. But you've learned over the years that while there are fewer wrestling fans, they will support the shit out of whatever exists. So that's all I got this week. Mike, what do you got? A very quick thing for me this week. Um, you know, as we get older, we come face to face with our mortality. And uh, with our bodies getting more rickety and uh, not able to do the things that we were able to do when we were younger. 
In my case, I have uh, started running more and more as the the spring uh, starts to fade into summer in about a month. And your boy is starting to get a lot more aches and pains. The back is hurting a lot more. My um, my left butt cheek was really hurting earlier today after a run. And my left knee is really hurting. So I had to bust out the old TENS machine. What's a TENS machine? It's basically a thing where you just slap on some stickies and it sends some electrodes into your muscles. It is beautiful. I love it. And I am washed like a motherfucker. That's all I got. All right. Yeah, I'm going to watch that show you watched, though, that Jupiter shit. Oh, yeah, and Jupiter, Jupiter Ascend, Ascending. It was, it was good. I, I've been yeah, I'm, I'm, before, I think Mark and I are both going to try to watch machine. it. For you guys that are washed, get, get yourself a TENS machine. 20 bucks <laughs> on Amazon. Get, get, get the one where you don't have to put batteries in, because that can get annoying after a while. Marcus, what do you got this week? Yeah, not a ton this week. Um Actually, the two things I want to talk about, I actually watched a couple weeks ago, and I just forgot to mention them on the show. So um, I did go back and catch the rest of the HBO show Crashing, which is um, Pete's Holmes show with, um, oh, God, who's that guy that does Epitau? Judd Epitau um, helped, uh, he was executive producer, and I think he directed some episodes. Um, I watched Crashing when it first came out a couple years ago, um, and as a I'm a really big Pete Holmes fan. I think he's a great stand-up. I loved when he his the Pete Holmes show, which was like his late night show. I thought was fantastic. It was my favorite late night show of all time, hands down. His monologue every every day that he did the show was just fantastic. So um, when I heard he was doing kind of a drama sitcom, I was really excited. But the first season, it it really took me a while to really gravitate towards it. I think Pete in the beginning is kind of not like a super likable character. Um, but I will say, once I gave it another shot, finished the first season, and got into the second and third, this the show does get a lot better, and I really enjoy the second and third seasons. And kind of wish it got more. I think they could have done more with the show, um, but I was happy with, with where they left off on. So yeah, I mean, if you're a Pete Holmes fan or don't, I would recommend if you've never heard of Pete Holmes, check out some of his stand up first. Um, and if you're so obliged, uh, you know, Crashing, I, I thought was a pretty decent HBO show. You can find that on HBO now, Max. It's Max now. Yes. Um, the other show I stumbled upon on Netflix that I really liked um, was is called Great News. I don't know if you guys heard about this. This, this was another Tina Fey sitcom that was on NBC. It only lasts two seasons. Um, but I will say, for my personal taste, this is my favorite Tina Fey show, which I know the other shows that I know Mike and I, I know Bobby's a big fan. I don't know if Mike, you watch 30 Rock, right? I, 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 I think I, I like a fair amount of seasons, yeah. Yeah, like I like Tina Fey's show more than I give them credit for because really the, the shows are just fucking jokes. It is jokes on jokes on jokes, like in and they're usually pretty good fucking jokes. Um, but with a lot of her shows, whether it was uh, Thirty Rock or um, Kimmy Schmidt, there's just some characters on the show like I just don't care for that much. That kind of just grain me for whatever way because like they they act like extra kind of foolish or silly or I just can't really get on board and I mean great news is basically just about like a one of these 24 hour 24 7 news channels and they have like an hour show they do every day um that's basically the basic premise not that far different from 30 rock but I just really enjoyed it um none of the characters I found super grating uh and again just jokes on jokes on jokes and I think a lot of them hit I really enjoyed the show it's unfortunate you can tell just watching it that it was struggling to get ratings 
the first season, Tina Fey was just an executive producer. And the second season, you could tell they're like, look it, we need to get more eyes on this thing. Tina Fey, get in front of that camera. So she does some guest spots and it wasn't enough to turn around the show. Um, it only got two seasons, but I really enjoyed it. Um, so great news is out on Netflix. And then the last thing I want to mention, usually we keep this part of the show on MMA related. Um, but I did mention earlier on, we didn't talk about it much on the show. You know, we're, we're thinking about doing another podcast in of that. We got fight pass in of that. I started looking at fight pass more and I'm like, damn, I really like fight pass a lot. Dude, fight pass got everything, bro. <laughs> I mean, there's really very little that they don't have. And even the, like one of the things I was trying to look up was like Shuto events. When I looked up Shuto, I couldn't find anything, but I looked up Hato Sakurai and I found a bunch of his Shuto fights. I was like, fuck yeah. Do they have Elite XC? They, they do, right? Probably do. I didn't look it up. I did not specifically I, I think my my road was uh, you know, I was looking for the thing that we were gonna talk about, and then I just started looking at fighters. And I think the rabbit hole that I really got stuck down in, because it was one thing that, you know, when I was when I was really getting into MMA, when I was in college and just couldn't get enough of this stuff and there wasn't a lot of it to to gobble up um i didn't catch a lot of k1 stuff so i've been catching up on a lot of k1 stuff and i was gonna say for mike and stuff that like anime tournament arcs talk about an organization for you every event's a grand prix every event's a one night tournament. they have k1 yeah they have they have all they have the k1 library yeah they have all of the k1 they don't have k1 max which is really unfortunate because Max was their lighter divisions, which I thought like those fights were just that would have been a gold mine. But just regular K1 is really cool. So I went, you know, I, I looked up Gary Goodridge and it's, you know, it's sad to, to know where, you know, all these fights led. And like, we look at it as like, man, like I knew he fought in K1. I didn't know he had, he was in K1 this long. Like, he was in there for years, you know, doing work. But yeah, I, I really, I missed a lot of K1 fights. So going back there and just looking at old semi shilt fights and I watched a Gary Goodridge. I was about to watch one of his fights, and I was like, you know what? I just want to watch this whole tournament. So I found the event, watched the event. Um, it's been fun. You know, as someone that that really likes MMA of the past, um, like Bobby said, they damn near got everything. I look up Dan Severin, 50 fights of Severin and King of the Cage and all this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to recommend. There's so much just UFC, not to mention just MMA on a weekly basis that, you know, we hardly cover. We Do, do they uh, do the thing, Marcus, on there mm -hmm. where, like, let's say, like, I look up Nick Diaz, right? Mm-hmm. And it shows me Nick Diaz versus BJ Penn, UFC 137. Does it take me to the event and I pull it puts me at the main event? It, they, they've actually cut all the fights. They so cut like, every fight? So I, I don't know about every fight. Like, I don't know if you look up like some of the, the lesser known guys, if they cut up their fights. But like, yeah, when I look up H Hato Sakurai, it'll be his fights and then the events he was in too. So yeah, you, you, if you just want to see, that's pretty cool. Yeah, if you just want to see Nick and BJ, that's super easy to find. If you want to watch the whole event he's in, that's. That's there too. But yeah, that was really what I started looking up. I was just like, oh, I want to see like who's a fighter that I want to check a fight. Oh my God. One of the rabbit holes I went down to is like, I did not know this. Looked up Genki Sudo. A lot of his fights were in K1 uh, Heroes, which they also don't have K1 Heroes, their MMA thing. But he had a couple Pancrase fights. And I didn't fucking know he, he was in the Neo Blood tournament, which was like a, a tournament they did for like their rookies. And the guy he lost to was he's one of the refs. In pride, like I've seen this guy a million times. <laughs> I was like, "Is that the fucking ref?" Because they have one ref that's like a young, you know. Look at no homo, but like he's a good-looking guy. I think he's a pretty good-looking guy. <laughs> and so I recognized him. I saw him. I was like, "Is that that fucking guy?" And one thing I learned is like when he was an MMA fighter, he was fucking cocky and kind of a bully. He was like bullying Sakuraba and not sorry, uh, Sudo, and he beat Sudo too. 
Um, I think in the next fight I didn't see he he lost to Minowa man. So it's, I mean, man, the, the things you learn. Like I oh. seen this guy ref a thousand fights, and I was like, I didn't know he was an active fighter, let alone he fought Genki Sudo and Pancrase. So that was fun. Yeah, uh, Mark mentioned it. Uh, we are working on another show. Um, we're not going to give you guys too many details yet because, well, we don't have any details ourselves. We're, we're working it out. We're workshopping. It. We're working it out, but there's going to be, you know, more content that is not going to be tied to the week-to-week news of MMA. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. We'll actually get to the point where we'll ask and see if you guys have any thoughts on what you want to hear from us in this category. But let's not put the you know cart before the horse yeah, there. Yeah, I, I didn't even want to mention it, just that we got Fight Pass, and I was surprised at how much I was enjoying it. There was one day where I was oh. just, like, going through a bunch of stuff. I was like, this ain't so bad. Do you know how excited I was to find that I still had a uh, like $100 Visa gift card? Oh, And I was perfect. like, awesome. I can buy this, and then I can not trust – I can trust the UFC or continue to not trust them for them to just give this thing out, you know, to give, to, to give yeah. my credit card information out and unprotect their fucking website. Because let me tell you, I think it came out to like 97 whatever. It was a $100 gift card. I don't know where it is anymore. Not it's $2 on there. Away. What am I going to do? It's gone. It's a, They can try to charge it again in a year. It's not going to work. So anyway. Um, all right. That's it for this week. UFC 262 this weekend. Check it out. Um, we got anything else? <laughs> not, <laughs> tell really. The, <laughs> not really. Not really. Recommendations? I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Just try to get a PS5, guys. It's fun. Sure, or don't get right save your that. money. <laughs> get a PS5 or buy glasses like Mike did today. Whatever you want. Oh, to there do. you go. However now we've seen an HD, baby. <laughs> I bought a thin Harry Potter metal frame type glasses today. I'm very excited. Cool. Exactly. I look forward to you losing it in Las Vegas in a week and a half. All right, guys. Thank you all very much for listening to the show. Be back next week. Um, Talking about the results of UFC 262 and whatever this card is that's happening after UFC 262. I'm sure there is one. It's Memorial Day. week. It's No, it's not Memorial Day weekend. I'm sure there's a card either way. There better be because I plan on betting on it. I was Dr. Law. That was Lavender Gooms. And that was DJ Mark. Thanks again. See you all next week. Peace out. See ya. Peace.